Hello, testing. One, two, three, four, and five, four, three, two, and one, and zero. How did that go? It was good. Uh, I'm going to use... That was my sobriety test. We have passed. Not a weight did I lift. Not, Not a, a crunch did, did I, I crunch. crunch. Instead, Instead we just I just munched. What's up, y'all? Welcome. We're back, for real this time. We would have been back earlier, and we tried to come back earlier. <laughs> Except y'all are going to believe this, but yes, yes, you will, given the professionalism of this podcast, air quotes. Um, and given who we are. We are <laughs> as people, which <laughs> I think is the problem. We uh, we tried to do a podcast, fuck, like six weeks ago, and fully recorded an, an hour's <laughs> worth of content. We sat outside at, at Warren Wilson College, which is where Sally goes to school, and we we talked for an hour. About things that we already knew about each other. The thing, to, to yeah, <laughs> like mostly we were, for the edification of you all. Yeah, we were recapping for y'all, and then... About an hour and ten minutes in, I looked at my phone and it wasn't recording. <laughs> and there's just... I, and it's lost forever. I know. And it was our last day there. And we already had plans that night. So we, had to, so we did not have time to redo it. But the beauty of a pandemic <laughs> is that we have nothing but time. And I say that. But I feel like this quarantine has brought out the worst in me. And I don't know if you agree... The listener, Sally. That it's brought out the worst in you? Or just or in general. In I mean, me. you can shit on me if you want. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> we'll make this a self-help session. Please, comment your thoughts. If you also think I have a character flaw, send it my way. But I think it's probably the worst in me. I can't speak for you. I can't think of a single one, Connie. I think it's, it's definitely brought out. I think, like, it has brought out the worst in me in some moments, the best in me in others. And the saddest of me in most of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like with this whole pandemic, I was talking to someone the other day, like, I feel like I've been through the five stages of grief. Like, literally, like, at, at the loss of my freedom, my livelihood. Yeah. It, truly, it was been, like, denial. at first we were all in denial. Like, oh, yeah. this isn't a big deal. This isn't happening. This is This is fine. You know, then it was like, what's next? It was like, like anger. rage. Yeah. I, the other day, I blew up. I blew, I was so mad. I said, I've had it. I don't Mount care Vesuvius. anymore. Oh, I lost it. I lost it. Truly, Mount Vesuvius. It was complete Chernobyl meltdown. Um, and now it's just like grief. Now I'm just like, oh shit, this is real. Yeah. This sucks real hard. And we're in it. And there's, and then now we're seeing bargaining. With like the people in Michigan who are like who are like open it up or I'll kill you, which is truly effective bargaining. But um, those domestic suck. terrorism, mm, I don't know. Domestic terrorism um, is present. Correct. Domestic terrorism has entered the chat. Absolutely. Will it please leave? No. I don't think. So. Okay. No, it has a gun. <laughs> we know. I'm gonna leave. Personally speaking, though. I mean, I don't know if this is a pro or a con. I did the I did the free Pornhub premium thing. <laughs> I I'll admit it. Look, I'm human. I mean, you can't tell me somebody listening to this didn't. I mean, that was all over the internet, and I took advantage. I'm not ashamed to say it. Free uh, free content of that caliber, absolutely. Truth be told, I was really excited because I think I'd worn out the free version, so I was like, finally. Connor was um, like kind of scrolling. He's on like page eighty-seven of Pornhub results, and he's like, I've just really seen it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like claymation back there. Like we had run out. 
It's like all the hentai. That's got to be uncomfortable. Wallace and Gromit. And I was like, what are you doing back here? Wallace and Gromit. Um, no, it was, um, yeah, the old Disney Channel logo. Remember the <laughs> Disney Channel mascot? Remember that anthropomorphic lump of clay that used to hop around? What are you He was talking the Disney about? Channel mascot. What are you talking he about? He has an OnlyFans <laughs> <laughs> feel old yet yeah <laughs> is that true huh is that true what are you talking about does does the is i'm the... telling you the old disney channel mascot i remember this because we used to have a like tube not a tube but like the opposite of like a flat screen tv yeah in my parents bedroom box tv yeah and so and i would get really i would I, like there i was scared of the dark for a long time and so i would Same. go in and sleep with my parents Same. Yeah, and so to console me, they would put on Disney Channel, and I remember the mascot vividly was a anthropomorphic, like, jumping ball of clay, and he's a total spaz. I'm looking it up. I'm telling you this is real. Anthrop... Okay, wait. Disney... Cha- Can I just type in Disney Channel Clay Man? Maybe, but I remember him. I don't know if he was, like, the graveyard shift host for Disney Channel, but I remember he was on very late at night. I don't know if he was the daytime Let's guy. See. I'm looking. What? is this i told you yes that was him i'm not making this shit up he is in my memory forever it was it was disney playhouse it was the disney for like toddlers well that's insulting that was definitely at least 10 years old that was definitely happening well okay to be fair (laughs) the disney playhouse mascot ushered me into my tween years (laughs) the disney down the aisle you you were watching disney playhouse because you were scared of the dark and i was watching caillou because i didn't have friends so caillou caillou is a a living nightmare my (laughs) caillou is a piece of shit he oh my god my i remember my um uh uh, what instrument did I play in middle school? Oh my god, baritone! Baritone, I did play baritone. Baritone sax? No, the baritone like the small petite tuba. I was on the tuba track, but I killed it so much as a baritone. I was musical. I was so good <laughs> as I was musical. That doesn't I was, surprise me. No, I was, and I. Yeah. <laughs> what can I say? I'm a prodigy, but I. <laughs> I hate you. I um no I she had a vendetta against Caillou. Like some parents are like very anti-Spongebob, you know, or like anti-Harry Potter because witchcraft. Also, we got to talk about how everyone in my church <laughs> believed that, okay, there was, a boycott of to- there was a boycott of Toy Story 3 because the scene where the toys are all sliding in the landfill <laughs> towards the fire, yes. they likened to um, a parallel of Holocaust imagery. So I was like, oh, now you'll have a conscience, but that's the tea. Oh, but when I was going to kill myself, you said oh, when nothing. when I was just gay? Like, that was a big deal. <laughs> right? Incredible. Anyway. The she had a vendetta. Team? She was like, I'll never let my kids watch because he's such an angry child. And I was like, well, yeah. Also, the day I think I, I think I watched Caillou and learned how not to be. The dad kind of looks like Will Ferrell. A very young Will Ferrell. Caillou? The dad of that show. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I think Caillou has like a really no, young Will no, Ferrell. No, 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 no. I can't. Oh, Just a circle with two dots on it. Looks like Will Ferrell. <laughs> and then in my head, I thought, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. It was the, uh, yeah. Puberty worked wonders for the Disney Playhouse mascot. And he grew into Caillou. And, we got his and now he has an OnlyFans. And now he has an OnlyFans. He's really on the up and up. I really thought for a second you were serious that the Disney Channel Amorphous Clayman had an OnlyFans. 
like what if what we should make power it power bottom we should yellow. make it we can make bank if we get to, if we just get some fucking yellow play-doh we got it we'll lovely that. peach so anyway besides <laughs> porn i've actually i've i've i'll admit it i spiraled back into the pits of reality television and i've been along for that journey and i've got to say it's the best thing that's ever happened to me and I have to agree. Now, I'm not counting Tiger King. Because no, that's I a documentary. That was documentary. <laughs> that was educational. It was true crime. It was trans culture, trans genre. I like that you stopped when you were going to say transcultural because you realized it absolutely was not. I did. I. That's why. I was <laughs> it was transcendental. It was. It was transcendental of genre. Is what I would like exactly. to say. And I like how they realize, like, after episode two, that, like, nobody gives... It sounds bad, but, like, nobody gives a fuck about the tigers. We just want to know... <laughs> I know. The, I know. Because the whole <gasps> time the whole time I was watching that, I, <laughs> I was sitting here thinking, I was like, I am an environmentalist. Like, I'm an environmental activist for my job. Like, all summer, that is yeah. what I'm getting paid to do. And I watched it, and all I was thinking was put Carol Baskin in handcuffs. Also, to be Absolutely. fair, put Joe Exotic in handcuffs. They're all terrible people. They all ran sex cults. But Carol Baskin really Let's talk about how, though, Donald Trump d- is on the record of human history as saying he will take a look at Joe Exotic's <laughs> plea. To pardon bar- him. Uh, pardon plea. And I will say that if he does pardon Joe Exotic... He has Connor Broyles' vote. He will have done one thing Take right in office. He will have done one thing right. But my question is, is the bar doing one thing right <laughs> in office? That's the bar. And I'm not, I'm sorry. I just have so many thoughts. It's all coming back to me now because I don't have any hot takes about Tiger King. No. I absolutely believe Carol Baskin killed her husband. Absolutely. I absolutely believe that Joe Exotic is a financial fraud. Absolutely. And, and a predator. I absolutely believe that that fat, thumb-looking man illegally <laughs> obtained that lemur. <laughs> <laughs> the but, hottest take of them all. Like, where, why didn't we focus on that? I'm sorry, where did Zaboomafu come from? Exactly. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, we see Zaboomafu? I know. Back from of, the dead? A lot of hush money being exchanged there. Why was that never explored? I mean, also, though, I will say, I'm glad that Zaboomafu is getting a chance to shine, and that he's matured, <laughs> and he hasn't let... He hasn't let... <laughs> His his former show define him. I will say whichever wild crat brother that was really let himself go. But the wild crat <laughs> really having a rough go oh, of it. Man. But um, no, I mean just I just want this to be a space to process that show. I mean, here's my thought. I was talking to somebody the other day. It does not shock me at all that there is a man in Oklahoma. With 250 tigers. Yeah, that's the least shocking part like of it. Like, that, I was, the fact that I just accepted that, and I was like, yeah, okay, let's see where this goes. Like, that yeah. says a lot about Oklahoma. Here's the thing, <laughs> I have met many people from Oklahoma, and I think the least shocking part of that entire series was that any of it was set in Oklahoma. Yeah, I was like, this makes sense. I've been to Oklahoma. I'm sure you have because you live right there. Yeah, right. But I, I visited Oklahoma for a weekend one time, and I, vi- I visited Tulsa, which is not Winniewood. That was our big city. Yeah. That was our big but, city. But yeah. knowing that that was your big city, I, 
God. I don't know. Imagine Dragons came there once, so. And they never legit. went back. <laughs> and if you can't get Imagine Dragons back, <laughs> really think on that. It's true. Really think on that. It's true. And I just, what scares me is like, so if you saw the, the infrastructure of this of this place. What scares me is that's right in Tornado Alley. Like, what if a tornado rips well, didn't through... They, didn't that happen? See, I don't know. Well, but it didn't hit the farm. But, like, what if it hits the wildlife reserve? And what if that tornado sets well, hundreds you, of tigers loose well, on rural Oklahoma? In, in Tiger King, there was there was a time when there were a bunch of tigers loose. And, and the cops were looking for them. Do you not remember that? I don't remember that exactly. But, but I'm talking about, like, maybe one tiger you can track down, but, like, hundreds of tigers. And then they're going to start reproducing. Oh you my have God. a tiger. It's like kudzu. You have a tiger problem for generations. Connor, you've just solved tiger endangerment. <sighs> Cut them loose. Cut them loose. Em. If humanity can't be... I mean, that's pretty fair. What are we at now? 7 billion humans versus 250 tigers. If we can't take that out, we don't deserve to be the dominant species. Correct. Honestly. I'd argue that we... But I can tell you how rural law enforcement handles like loose they animals. They shoot them. Did I ever tell you about my my film teacher? Who th- so they're at where, near where I live. There's a small town named Gentry, and they have an they have an outdoor drive through safari. And one time they got like orangutans oh, as an exhibit. And as you can imagine, the infrastructure is very similar, if not worse, to that of the Winwood Wildlife Reserve. Um, Dear God. And one day, one got out and escaped, and it actually made its way to the local elementary school and climbed up in a tree and started shrieking at the children, like just screaming at them. <laughs> Um, the best day of elementary school. Yeah, just in the street, just screaming at the children. Um, and the cops showed up and shot it dead right out of, just, just shot it out of the tree. So, like, that, because <laughs> there is no training. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because what are you And that's a monkey. And, like, monkeys are terrifying, but, like, a tiger? Bitch, I'm taking, I'm bringing a tank into the woods. Are you kidding, <laughs> are you kidding me? I think even less shocking than the fact that it all happened in Oklahoma is the fact that for like two weeks it was number one on American Netflix. Like that is American also, television. Like it that. had no competition. But I think it yeah. was everything. It was it was America's like two biggest genres, which are is true, true crime, crime and reality. Yeah. Like it it was, really yeah. And the fact that it was both was insane. Also, I, just, I would like to say that I think um just like final ruling, my completely uh, objective opinion that is fact is that Doc Antle was the worst on the show. I hated Doc Antle, and I wish they would have incriminated him a little bit more because yeah. he was definitely a giant pervert and a yeah. bag. He was running a sex cult. He was they running a sex him, cult. What did they call him? Bhagavan? Something. Bhaga- well, his name is Bhagavan. No, it's no, not. No, 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 no wrong, it's not. Wrong. It was, it's not. <laughs> was it not? Oh, it means God. I remember yeah, the name. It means God. Lord. That's some Charles Manson shit. <laughs> yeah i hated him at which point i would like to promote our sponsor charles manson the manson family They're, with a quote that i learned recently this is yeah ad portion of the pod which which is look down at me you see a fool look up at me you see a god look me in the eyes you see yourself charles manson paid more paid for by the manson family they which were, brings us to better reality television oh yes too hot, hot. To, to handle. handle. Wow. There it was. <laughs> I'm getting... <laughs> so, well, I would like to I would like to set the scene. Please do. Because it's important to know 
the circumstances of Connor and I watching Too Hot to Handle, um, which was that, uh, like a week ago now, exactly a week ago, I drove up to Chicago to pick up Connor because um, he decided to quarantine with my family and I, which I'm sure he's regretting majorly right now. Um, and so I drove 13 hours up and then we picked Connor up and we turned around immediately and drove 13 hours back. So we were in the car for 26 hours straight and we rolled back up at my house at 5.30 in the morning and we were like, well, we should probably go to bed. And then both of us thought, but also we really want to watch Too Hot to Handle. So at so at 5.30 a.m. in South Carolina, we turned it on, and we thought we were just going to watch one episode, and then we watched, like... At least three. At so least many. Three. And I was really scared, because I was like, what's happening to me? You know, do I just... Am I just in love with you people, because... I'm being told I'm tired. to be... Because I'm a little drunk. I was like, am I going to wake up in the morning and find you all repulsive? Oh, yeah, and I we was also... so relieved to find the answer was no. I was just yeah. in love with him as I was. Yeah. We also did start before. drinking at 5.30 in the morning. We did, we did, we did. And we thought that was fair because, you know, we'd been up all night and hadn't slept. So it wasn't like we were starting our day. Right. As long as you're ending your day with alcohol, acceptable. And that's what we were doing. That is exactly what we were doing. And I regret nothing. But continue to explain, just brief. I'm, I'm sure most people have watched it by the now. The concept, the premise. The concept of it, yes. So the premise of Too Hot to Handle is that they put, like, what was it, eight? Eight or, eight or ten? Something like that? ten. Ten people? Like, ten of the, quote, sexiest people in the world. Which was a very Debatable. loose definition. Debatable. At Bryce Hirschberg, specifically. <laughs> if you're listening, you know you didn't deserve to be on that show. Sorry. Um, facts. And they all go to this retreat to live together for a month, and all they know is that they're going to be on a dating reality show, and they can't leave this villa for a month. And when they get there, they're told that they cannot kiss or have sex or masturbate or have any sexual touching of any kind, and every time they do, money will be knocked off the prize fund for all of them. That's the basic concept, which is genius and brilliant. But also super risky because if everybody plays along, then you just have a show about nobody having sex. Yeah. But I think you – like, but you also got to think about the fact that all of them knew that the more popular they were on the show, the bigger following they were going to get after the show. Which is always the trap that you fall into with reality yeah. television. But I'm just saying, as a producer – when your whole scheme is to take away the biggest draw of reality television, like, because for me, personally, okay, where they lost me was the masturbation thing. Yeah. I would have literally lost the entire pot by the time they finished the rules. <laughs> they would have been like, what the fuck? And I would have stood up from behind the couch just sweating, going, oh my god, I'm so sorry. Yeah, Connor's, like, Connor's like, out of the way! I would have come, like, stumbling out of the porter party going, oh my god, I'm so sorry. But, like, I just... I don't know. That's risky to me. That's risky to me. And I don't, I think I could do it. Like for a hundred thousand dollars for, if you tell me I have to go a month without sex, which I went 21 years without. So I feel really good about my chances. If you tell me that bitch, like (laughs) give me a fucking gallon of milk and a Rubik's cube and send me into that chamber for Matilda with all the spikes and like unlock me, uh, send me into the chokey and I'll see you in a month. Like I I will find a way not to touch myself. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But these people, like you said, did not. Yeah. So go, keep going. Basically, they uh, are the stupidest people that I've ever seen walk the face of the earth, with a couple exceptions. But I think, I think that, like, the part of it that killed me was, like, how stupid they all were about the premise of the show. They knew. They knew. And, like, it was... Did nobody tell them there were going to be cameras? Like, well, they were... So, I For a while, I was like, we can kiss, but nobody will see them. Yeah. They to fucking yeah. see. They were like, like, oh, maybe if we kiss not in view of the cone-shaped robot, but still... If we kiss still... out here on the open, on the beach, there won't be a yeah, camera. Yeah, it was like, okay, if we can't spot... So, Lana is, like, this robot that's, like, telling them all the rules and whatever. And they were like, oh, well, if Lana, the cone-shaped robot that cannot move and is an inanimate object, can't see us, but we are still in view of the five-man camera crew, then we'll be in the clear. Correct. Which is not how it works. Which is not how it works. And, and Sally's right. Most of them were the stupidest, shallowest, emptiest, vainest people you can imagine. No surprise because the nature of the show. Yeah. And I think. But I think, David. Oh my God. But David. David can get it. David like, Burt Whistle. If this podcast in its entirety accomplishes nothing besides getting David Burt Whistle from London to a million followers. I will. I will have been. I, I, this will have been a success because yeah. I felt like, except when he said, "That's a nice peach." That was, <laughs> which was a little tasteless. So, well, he started off the show by like his his like gag when he entered the villa was to like ask girls if they had put on sunscreen because he didn't want them to get sunburnt and then like put sunscreen on them, which like yes sounds incredibly creepy and like yes was incredibly creepy, but he recovered. <laughs> he because the whole premise of the show was to have these people meet this kinky, voyeuristic AI. Yes. And somehow take its advice on dating, despite its, like, innate incapability to feel emotion. Yeah. But it was like, you need to listen to this robot about how to care for someone, and then, like, see people, like, see sex as a much deeper thing right. it's like not the priority and um and david did that david did do that and i appreciate that about david and i feel like he's the only one that's like not purely exploiting his fame from this mm-hmm. for just mm-hmm. vanity and ego boost like he's a fitness coach he's a nutrition guy and he genuinely is the great like i i see these accounts all the time and they're all like meaningless and uh, forgettable but like he really is a positive guy. Like he we were is. talking today, he was like, "Look, if you don't exercise, get in a habit." He's like, "Here, day one, just get in your car and drive to a gym. Just find a gym. Don't work out. Just find a gym. Day two, put a mat in your car and drive to that gym. Don't work out. I mean, you don't have to work out till like day ten of this program. Yeah, you know, which is the kind of program I need. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, but it's just like I appreciate that about him, and by far to me objectively, to me, he was the hottest person on the show. I agree. His voice, and that's because I have a giant man crush on Tom Holland, and he has the same voice as Tom Holland, yeah. which Sally knew instantly. Literally 10 seconds into the show, I said, you just like him because he sounds like Tom Holland, and Connor was like, I really hate that you just... <laughs> which you is both a testament to the incredibleness of both Sally and Tom Holland. Correct. And I love that I have both of them in my lives. Truly. To the exact same degree. And... <laughs> I love them both equally, and I want them both to know that. 
I'm but, honored and hurt at right, the same that, time. And that was a solid show. I think the beauty of that show was that it was seven episodes. Yeah. It did not need to be one longer. Like, it was, I think, the perfect length to me. Like, would I have given my left arm for more Too Hot to Handle? Yes. But do I also recognize that it probably would have ruined it? Yes. Correct. I think the the best part of Too Hot to Handle to me was the workshops that they did. Because they, they like, oh. <laughs> they're, like, in order to get them to, like, make deeper connections and, like, see sex as more than just a physical thing or whatever. Which also, like, if sex is just a physical thing for you unfortunate but like k as long as as long as it's consensual and not hurting anyone like all right but i get i get the okay i get the idea whatever but um they had these workshops and um there was one called yoni puja (laughs) yeah in which um the girls just had to look at their vaginas true in a mirror and that was life-changing and it was life-changing for all of them and i said go girls and then for the men the men um, had to Cover themselves in mud. Cover themselves in mud and screamed at an oil rig or presumably some <laughs> distant object off the distance <laughs> toward the horizon. You know, the crazy. I think the craziest part of the 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 men's one was that a sh- a ton, a shit ton of what they did in that workshop was like stuff that I would just start my day with in theater school. Yeah, truly. Like I would walk truly. into acting class and they would be like, "Okay, pretend there's a man a mile away and you have to get his attention and scream," and we'd all be like, <sighs> "Truly." having to look each other in the eyes for like four minutes straight like did that all the time right and what was funny to me was the one it was the co the final co-ed challenge where they had to write words on each other oh my god the bitches that were like writing like hurtful words that they had been called over the course of their lives and the bitches that had like people write skinny on them and like what were some other shit it was like skinny and loud and it was like yeah i think i think absorbed and I, think, I don't know i think what bothered me about that so much was like i understand that like most women have body issues even if they are like conventionally attractive because we've been told that we need to but skinny is a is an adjective that is not loaded with you know what i mean like like skinny True. like being called skinny is not the same thing as being called fat historically. And so you have one girl who has the word cow written across her chest yep. and another girl who the producers are like presumably like behind the camera in her confessional or whatever are like what words do you have on your on your body and she just goes skinny. And yeah. it was like oh the mm, oh keep in mind half of these words are misspelled but like <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. also, and, Who and that's, slut had an H, and where does it go? Is, is it si- it's at the beginning. It's silent, <laughs> but it was <laughs> sleuth at the end. But it was like, uh, um, but it was it was, and you're right. It's kind of like reverse victimization. Like when white people are like, I get judged all the time for being white. I mean, it's like these people are going, I got made fun of growing up because I was too hot. I was too pretty. And right. I'm like, no one sympathizes with right. this. It's like the celebrities now that are complaining about being locked up in their houses. But it's yeah. like, you literally live on a fucking resort. And I get like, that there's, I get that, like, I don't know. I've read, I've read some of the think pieces. I've read some of the articles that talk about, like, skinny shaming and stuff like that. And I get that, like, it is terrible. And people shouldn't be shamed for the way their bodies look. But also, like... Just the the comparison of this girl who's like trying to think of words that she's been called that are hurtful. Yeah. And these other girls are like slut, whore, cow, like 
manipulative bitch, like all of these things. And like the only thing this girl can come up with is skinny. Yeah. What? It truly was. Baffling. It was a journey for me. I I don't know. I (laughs) it's just it was a little corny, you know. But it was like, do I love watching hot people? I do. Not be able to control their primal instincts. Absolutely, I do. That is reality television at its finest. We got David out of it. And we got David, who I really do think is making the world a better place. And I appreciate that this show brought me to David and that I have David in my life because of this show. So these are the two reality shows and very small updates. Two? We only talked about one. Tiger King. I guess we're calling that reality. Okay. That we've watched to completion. I guess we'll try to work in more life updates. The problem is, like, we did this podcast. We tried to do it a while ago. We did all of the updates then. <laughs> all and we don't the life have any. Updates. We have no evidence to or, or proof of it. And they're so not new to us anymore that it's like I know pulling teeth to talk about them. It's true. It's and, true. Like, I don't want to hear the same story come out of my mouth for the sixth time, telling Connor who's heard it for all six previous times same and, and vice versa i don't know we'll find a way i feel like there are some updates that i do want to tell so we'll have to find a way to get that content to you all just because some of it's crazy but um for the meantime we're gonna go finish the circle which we are flying yes. through um hashtag go chris and hashtag godfidence hashtag godfidence and then next time uh, we're going to discuss the circle, and we are going to rank gay and straight people, respectively. Uh-huh. Um, I have no authority to rank gay people, but Connor does. And I can't really... I mean, I can rank. You can. You can I mean, rank. You can rank. If it were me, people. all straight people would die for last beneath Tom Hanks, who was first. And... But Sally will be more objective about it. Um, well, we'll see. We will see. Uh, well, we're going to do the circle, and then we're going to rank uh, these two types of people, gay and straight, according to... Um, Chopped. Chopped categories. Categories. Yeah. Um, so stay tuned for that. We just wanted to check in with you guys because we are losing our minds, which... We didn't really have any to begin with. Given so. how advanced ours are, we figured yours had crumbled a long time ago. Um, so we... Yeah. <laughs> hopefully... Just check it in. Do we still have an audience? <laughs> exactly. Are you all dead? Exactly. Just want to see how you all were. Well, that being said, it is after like, midnight here. It is. I would say also let us know if you have any requests because you're in quarantine and you need entertainment. And if there's something you want to hear us talk about or do, let us know on our respective, wherever you found this podcast, let us know. Spiritually, physically, mentally, wherever this touched you, let us know. We want to stimulate that. Flick the bean. All right. And signing off. That'll be the name of this episode. I'm Sally Timms. E4 Flick the Bean. This has been Connor. We will see you very, or you will hear from us very, 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 very soon.